Thank you all for joining us today. I'm so grateful that you would join us uh, at this time. Um, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Robin, and uh, if you want to know more about us, why don't you check our website, robinandleno.com. Uh, also, don't forget to go uh, to our YouTube channel and check our previous episodes. That being said, what kind of legacy would you prefer the church leave for the next generation? What kind of legacy would you want to leave for the next generation? Uh, is our legacy going to be lifeless pages on how to play it safe? Or is our legacy going to be filled with testimonies that will inspire the next generation to take risks for God? Yeah. Are we going to inspire a generation or not? And that is my question towards you. If each of our legacies are not going to inspire the next generation to take risk up for God, as a church, we're living beneath the privilege of life that God himself has given to you and me. We need to grasp that life has a cost. Freedom has a cost. And there is someone that has paid a price for it, that has paid a price for our freedom. Come on, when we play it safe, we are discounting the price that was paid for us on the cross, for us to live in freedom. When we play it safe, we are working against the very essence of hope God has put within us. When we play it safe, we're signing up to write lifeless testimonies and pages that want to inspire or influence the next generation. When we play it safe, we become part of the silent church that is okay to let the next generation live without any hope. Come on, a church that is silent concedes the next generation to live uninspired without hope. A church that is silent breeds a generation that lives in ignorance of the cause that was paid for them to live in freedom. A church that is silent is a church that will inspire the next generation to play it safe. Wanna tell that again? A church that is silent is a church that will inspire the next generation to play it safe. Come on, can we take a look at this passage in Matthew chapter 14? The context is that Jesus and his disciples just finished feeding 5,000 plus men and women with five loaves of bread and two fish. And then all after all of this, Jesus goes up the mountain alone and he sends his disciples to the other side of the sea. And it says that in the midst of all of this, the disciples' boat was tossed with waves by the storm. And then you see that Jesus starts walking on water towards them. And this is what history writes down about the response of the disciples in Matthew chapter 14, verse 26. Before we read the words, let me remind you that the ones that were in the boat are the very hand-picked disciples of Jesus. I want to remind you that the ones in the boat are the very ones that were meant to be the face of the church. Supposedly, they are the ones that walked with Jesus daily. And it will surprise you what, your resp what their response is. 
It says that when the disciples saw Jesus walking on water, first they were terrified. Secondly, they said, it's a ghost. And third, they cried out in fear. Come on, I want to say that again. Matthew chapter 14, 26. When the disciples saw Jesus walking on water, their first response was to be terrified. Second, they looked at Jesus and said he was a ghost. And third, they cried out in fear. The response during a storm and the wind was to be terrified, to see ghosts and to let fear get a grip of them. Why does this response sound so similar to the times that we are living in? Can I remind you that the church was not formed and fashioned to acknowledge the schemes of the enemy, but it was formed to bind the plans of the enemy and to manifest heaven on earth. Come on, Jesus is not looking for a church that was made in his image and his likeness to just acknowledge the schemes of the enemy. But the church was formed to bind the plans of the enemy and to manifest heaven on earth. Come on, in the midst of everything, all the disciples, they were terrified. They were seeing ghosts and they let fear get the best of them. But everything changes when Peter starts speaking and he says this to Jesus, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Isn't that a bold statement? Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Not only Peter, not played safe, but Peter got out of the boat and started walking on water towards Jesus. That day, Peter gave history permission to rewrite about a church that was willing to inspire generation to take risk for God. Come on, Peter not only refused to acknowledge the storm, but on top of that, he started walking on top of the storm towards Jesus himself. I want to ask you today, are you consumed completely only with time to acknowledge the storms that are around you, or are you going to choose to walk on the storms, the waves, the fear, with the authority of God that He has placed in you? In Matthew 14, 32, it says that when they got into the boat, who's they? When Jesus and Peter got into the boat, the winds ceased. Come on. And then those in the boat, the disciples, they worshipped Him. When did they worship him? They worshiped him when the winds ceased for the silent church. The play it saves church. The supernatural is when God steps into the boat and causes the wind to cease. But for a church that speaks life, that takes risks with God, the supernatural is seeing God walking on water in the middle of the storm. And they use that as an excuse to walk with God on water. Come on. The disciples were in the boat waiting for a sign for the storm to calm down so that they could actually worship God. But Peter is a symbol of the church that refuses to stay silent. The church that steps out of the boat in the middle of the storm and their worship is defined 
by the person that they are holding on to and not based on the outcome of what the person does for them to cease the storm. Are you listening to me? Peter is a symbol of a church that is not silent, the church that steps out of the boat in the middle of the storm, and their worship is defined by the person that they are holding on to and not by the outcome of what the person does to cease the storm. That day, Peter figured out how to walk with God in the middle of the storm when the rest of the disciples were still waiting in the boat for Jesus to walk in and calm the storm. Let me tell you this, what will inspire the next generation is not the lack of storms, but the undeniable presence of Jesus. What will inspire our generations is a church that takes storms as an excuse to walk with God. What will inspire our generation is life-changing testimonies of choosing God over fear. Come on, the authentic sign of Jesus to this and the next generation is not going to be on how he calmed the storm, but how Jesus walked on the storm. And not only that he walked on the storm, but how he gave the church the authority, the same ability to walk on the storm, the waves, the water of uncertainty with him. Most of us are just like the disciples. We are physically in the most safest place that we could be for the situation that is given. And yet we are drowning in fear. When the world is searching for peace, I pray that we as a church won't define peace as the absence of storm, but define peace to be a person whose name is Jesus and who knows how to be sovereign over the storms of our life. Come on. When the world is searching for peace, come on, I want to say that again. I pray that we as a church won't define peace as the absence of storms, but define peace to be a person who, whose name is Jesus and who knows how to be sovereign over the storms of our life. Let me ask you this, in the midst of our current chaos, are you terrified or are you in peace? Are you afraid or are you calm? Are you seeing ghosts or are, do you see Jesus himself? Are you giving history permission to write stories of faith or is it going to be stories of fear? I want to encourage you to be a Peter in these times. I want to encourage you to be a Peter that chooses God over the storm. I want to encourage you to be a Peter, an inspiration to the people around you. Someone who gives people permission to rather walk on water with Jesus than to find themselves playing it safe without Jesus. Come on, be a Peter that would allow this generation, would give this generation permission to rather walk on the water with Jesus, walk on the storms with Jesus, walk on everything that is happening right now with Jesus, than to find themselves playing it safe without Jesus. Can you be that Peter today? want to encourage you to take a bold step and break the silence of the church. We would love to hear from you. 
why don't you leave your comments, your feedback, your prayer requests. We would love to pray with you. And also don't forget to subscribe to our channel to get notifications for our upcoming episodes. Remember, this is the day to break your silence.